Hey, Team Kratom Sucks. This is Charlie. Welcome to the seventh episode. I'm going to try something new today. I just have an outline, no script. We'll see how it goes. When I was a kid with me and my three brothers, my grandma would say, you guys all sound the same, but when one of you is in the other room, I know which one is talking, and it's the one that's mumbling the most. That's you, Charles. And yes, it was Charles because I made everybody call me that when I was about 12. So today we have an interview with Izzy, and in the interview, I was pretty neutral, and I was trying to be a little bit less patronizing, so I'm going to regress a little bit and sound a little parental here, but I just want to say, Izzy, I'm very proud of you. You did a great job. Your 20s are meant to be a period where you make mistakes and learn things, and you're killing it, and I just, I'm very proud that you're a fighter, and you spoke up, and just keep up the good work. Now, I want to talk briefly about medicated assistant treatment. That was something Izzy decided to do after other attempts didn't work for her. And I just, I want to explore the pros and cons here and have a little bit of preface before we get into the, that list. And first, don't just listen to a silly podcast or an amateur like me, okay? I'm going to try to curate some information for you. But the one thing I do want to imprint on you is, Try not to be judgmental in other people's choices, okay? This is tough. Quitting creating can be hard for some people, and this might be the best option in the end. And so try not to project shame on people for their choices and just be open-minded, okay? Two, always talk to the medical professionals. Get advice from experts. This podcast doesn't constitute medical advice. I'm not a scientist. And so please talk to your your own doctor, your own medical team. Number three, research the topic and try to seek out information that doesn't just confirm your prior. So if you're leaning towards uh, medicated assistant treatment, seek out information that has some negatives and shines the light on the cons of MAP. And if you're leaning against it and you think it's a horrible idea, explore some information that talks about the positives and the research around that, okay? Number four, discuss with peers that have gone through this, that have done MAT, who have used something like Suboxone to get off of Kratom. Really dig into their experience, get to the nitty-gritty, what what it was like. You know, this will require some trust. I think talking to a consumer, uh, some you know, somebody just like you, in addition to talking to a doctor, is important. And last, and this is my one advice as an amateur, is I, I always suggest to take the least amount of any substance for the shortest amount of time. And from the anecdotal information that I've gotten from online forums, from Zoom meetings, from people that I've interviewed on this podcast, it does seem like doctors are over-prescribing dosage level. Explore taking a, a, the least amount and uh, the lowest dosage. The shorter, the, the better in general. All right, some pros and cons. So some pros for Matt, medicated assistant treatment. One, it can ease withdrawal symptoms and reduce cravings. So this can get you through the most difficult part of the detoxing process. And it can also help with stabilize you in other areas, both in your thinking and your mood and things like that. Two, there is some research showing there's effectiveness backing the use of MAT. I will put the uh, scientific articles in the 
uh, show notes. Uh, there was one that was just last year that had the largest uh, case study analysis of the use of MAT um, for Kratom. Uh, three, often uh, it's just not a medication. There's a whole supportive treatment environment. There's an accountability structure. You have a medical team. You might have a counselor. And there's check-ins. Um, Izzy talks about this. And four, it has a potential to reduce harms. If you have major health issues stemming from your Kratom use, or you're spending a lot of money, or it's disrupting your relationships, treatment can stabilize that and reduce the immediate harms that are happening. Like if you're about to lose your housing because you cannot stop spending all your money on uh, Kratom, that might be one reason why you might want to try a mat. Now you don't want to like wait it out for 10 years. You've tried a couple other options and, and it's just not working. Uh, consider it. Now you need this also take into account some of the negatives. All right. There are pros and cons and it's not an easy choice. So some of the uh, negatives include it's trading one dependency for another. It, you know, these medications are strong and you can uh, physically become dependent on them. And that, that leads to the second point where the eventual withdrawals from them, when you get off them, many people report are worse. So if you go on like the subreddit, quitting Kratom, you'll find people and, and look up MAT, you'll find people that really regret going on the Suboxone and they, um, and I believe them, they report that it was just the worst decision that they ever did. And the withdrawals from the, the medicine was way worse than Kratom in the first place. Everybody's physiology is different. If you're on a lower dose for a lower time, that kind of mediates, not guaranteed. And that, that leads to the third negative which is side effects. Um, and there's a whole host of them and it's specific to what medication and ask, ask your doctor about what the side effects are closely monitor them. And if you start feeling them and they make you feel worse than you were without the mat, uh, consider um, going off the med, um, but under doctor's advice and, all, and usually you need to do some kind of tapering and not do a cold turkey off uh, a prescription medication like that. And last, there is some potential to abuse some of these prescription medications um, to help with uh, addiction treatment. And uh, you can take more than prescribed. I've heard people uh, say they get a buzz from it and sell Suboxone on the street. This is based on your personality and your, your risk profile of abusing other drugs in the past. You know, it's a highly controversial topic, you know, on... I'm in one Facebook group where it has the rule of no discussion of medicated assistant treatment. And then I, and there's another Facebook group where it's a safe place to discuss Matt. And the main thing I just want to impart is try to not judge other people's choices. And I know you might, if you had a bad experience being on one of these drugs, you might feel really that duty to warn others and be and, and talk about it very strongly, but just remain open-minded. All right. Switching gears in the 12 steps, they talk about this milestone or the state where you cease fighting anything or anyone. And 
about a week ago, I had this kind of moment of Zen about this and I just had a calmness come over me and I just decided I'm going to stop arguing about Kratom with strangers and with people on the internet. I turned off the comments on some of my social media and, or just started blocking people who were just repeatedly <laughs> posting the same Kratom is not addictive uh, kind of uh, information. And I, I realized I'm not going to change their minds. And my purpose with this podcast is now is just to help others like me. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the podcast debating this anymore. I see this uh, on Facebook and the ads. No matter how much I tweak my settings and say I don't want to get Kratom advertisements, I still now and then Kratom product pops up. Uh, and if you read the like the comments under a Facebook ad for Kratom, it usually goes something like uh, the first couple of people say how much it helps them. They might say, I don't really like this particular vendor. Try X other retailer. And then somebody like three or four down will say, you know, Kratom, I found it to be very addictive. I got hooked on it. The withdrawals were really hard and I relapsed a couple times. Be aware. And then after that is just this ensuing cascade of comments back and forth. And you can imagine it. And I've just decided... I'm not participating in that anymore. On that note, I do want to give a shout out and an appreciation to Jamie at the Everything Kratom podcast. He is a pro Kratom person and he's interacted with me with open mindedness, cordial, and much respect. Uh, he sent me a couple of emails and we've had just kind of a a thoughtful discussion. And I thank him earlier in the week. He mentioned me on his podcast and, you know, he's the kind of person who it looks like he uses a couple grams, a couple times a day, and he's very thoughtful about it. And it really makes his life better. For the record, I don't want to see creative band uh, for people like him or people that use it for pain or just libertarians. I just want to, not have the government in their business. But at the same time, I think the substance needs to be a little bit more regulated. I'm not sure what those are. And I definitely think the industry needs to be more responsible and stop this BS marketing about it's just a herbal remedy. It's just like coffee, all that. On Jamie's podcast, the article I'm going to share in uh, later in the second half after the interview. So Enough of that. Now for Izzy. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Uh, today we have Izzy, and she just celebrated six months Kratom free, which is very exciting. And one of my first interactions with her was on social media, and she said something to the extent, why can we talk about the downsides of other substances, but there's no tolerance for talking about any of the downsides of Kratom? And it really uh, hit me in the head because I was feeling the same thing. Who, who are you, Izzy? I I am indeed Izzy. I I go by Reject Clown on the internet. Uh, I try. I I'm very in 
to clowns and that's kind of incorporated in my exist existence um and i try to say i'm clowning around with recovery i'm trying to have a lighthearted but also talk about some of the hardest the harder subjects when it comes to recovery and mental illness um and sometimes i look like a clown while i do it <laughs> but not all the time um i was addicted to kratom for six years i spent i'd say like two years trying everything going on and off like i'd i'd try and get off for like two weeks and then i'd be back on it for three months and then i'd try again it was just never ending cycle for like two years i tried all the all the methods the vitamin c like magnesium like there i can't even remember all the vitamins i tried at this point um i tried gabapentin i tried clonidine like i tried everything and i couldn't i couldn't get off of it and eventually i finally decided to hone down do outpatient and do suboxone and that has been a huge controversy on the internet for me um which has also kind of uh attributed to my following and some of some of the attention i've gotten online yeah what you remember your first exposure to kratom and what your introduction to it was like yeah i was at the time that i heard of it i was addicted to benzos and alcohol and i had no the first time i heard of it i had no idea that it could be used like medicinally and i had just heard like oh this is a plant you can order they didn't really have it at head shops or anything around me yet um and you can order it online and you feel like you're you've taken like an oxy or something um and I tried it like once or twice and I kind of like forgot about it for a little while. Um, and, but then somehow the internet had led me to finding out it had like a bunch of medicinal properties. Like, as you already know, my diag, my diagnosis has got changed around a little bit today, but I struggle with a couple mental health disorders. Um, particularly like along with the addictions, uh, they talk about how Kratom can help you get off it substances so much and aid you in recovery um i struggle a lot with adhd and productivity and i mostly only took uh white strains of kratom more stimulating strains because i was trying to aid in that okay myself did it did it help you initially it did it absolutely it, for it helped me for a while but it turns on you. Like, I feel like it for a while it will help you. And then at a certain point it starts to turn on you. And then it ends up having the opposite of like, almost like making all those things harder. Like I went from, I, for a while I like, it would help me get out of bed. And then of course I needed it to get out of bed. And then after a certain period of time, it didn't even, it just made me not feel sick anymore. It didn't help me do anything not even sit like i'd still feel awful like i'd take my dose sometimes i'd even take a little more and i just couldn't i couldn't get anything out of it anymore i'd be so tired and like always a little sore and i puked constantly i could not get over 100 pounds um my gut was all messed up i like i was eating everything not an introduction episode that was I would like puke and then be trying to go like, cause I just need to get it down. Like before going to work or something, my use was very associated with like work and trying to be productive. 
did. I like well, I've always been like a skinny girl. Um, but I I would say when I graduated high school, I was probably like 110 pounds and I could not get over the whole time I was on Kratom, I could not get over a hundred pounds. Um, and I, I couldn't like consistently get more than one meal a day because I had no appetite or I'd be puking sometimes every few hours. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and were you consuming just the powder? Yeah. Well, for for the most part, um, sometimes I'd like, I'd mostly get powder online. Um, I'd try to, um, sometimes I'd get it from head shops or gas stations, which is like a bit, I think is a big no, no, as I feel like at least some of the vendors, you know, are a little more reputable that you can find online if you do your research. Um, Still questionable, though. Um, oh, yeah. And then I'd get capsules, but I never really, like, took them as capsules. I'd usually just dump them because the gelatin in the capsules, with how di how high of a dose I was taking, like, I was taking mostly 10 grams each dose. Um, I, it, it was a ton of capsules, so the, the gelatin would just make me feel worse, and I'd end up dumping out all the Kratom. I had told you I never tried... Uh, shots but i think i had tried extract powder just a couple times not even realizing it like when i was buying it almost looked identical like in the store next to the other kratom um and i didn't even realize it was extract until after i bought it bought it and how how did your body react to that it was definitely a, a lot stronger and i definitely wanted to keep buying it but thankfully it was expensive and i was I was always, since I was buying too much, I was always trying to get the best deal on Kratom. So I did not keep pursuing buying it. But it was definitely, like, I even found myself taking, like, enjoying it so much that even though it was an extract, I was taking even more than my regular dose just because it was, like, like it revived, like, kind of revived the feeling after a period of barely getting anything out of it. But that kind of happens when you jump up like that. Um, did your use um, increase over time? Do you take more or did you build a tolerance? I feel like, I feel like my Kratom use, I've always kind of, I feel like I will give credit that when it comes to substances and like my addictive personality, I have always been kind of like a go hard, like if I like something, I, I go hard on it like pretty immediately. Like when I said when I was 14 and I, started experimenting i like i really like weed instantly started smoking weed every day i feel like my dose went up really quick but i did obviously start like i feel like it was even hard to like know where to start because there was so much so little information on kratom so i feel like i started a little higher than i should have in the first place okay probably was like four three four gram doses like a couple times a day, the days I decide to do it. But I'd say within the first year, I was up to like eight to 10 gram doses and like 60, 60 gram max days. Okay. And um, during this sometimes time, I'd, I wouldn't say 60 gram max. I'd say like 70, 80 max sometimes. More consistently, I'd take like 60 grams a day. That was kind of my like steady dose okay and 
you mentioned that you were on benzos and alcohol. Did that, that change over time while you were using Kratom? So, like, I would, I would kind of, like, I started Kratom with the intention of, like, getting off other things and, like, kind of taking control of my life and, like, the ADHD, too. Um, well, that, that, um, so I'd go into these phases that I got the benzos, the thankfully, like the fentanyl epidemic really scared me. So I didn't fall into back into those as often, but I would like quit drinking for a good amount of time. And then I'd kind of fall back into it. Um, but drinking was like so, so much more destructive to me, like socially, um, mm-hmm. that I quit drinking. Like I kind of go bender mode with alcohol. Well, I went bender mode with Kratom too, but it, it didn't look like an alcohol bender did, um, um, as yeah. dramatic and such. Um, so I'd like be drinking for like two months straight and then I'd quit again and then I'd be good for like four to six months and then I'd start drinking again. Okay. Are, are you sober from booze now? Yes. I, I went, I started sobriety with booze and I actually got, I got benzo, the benzos taken care of like a couple years ago now. So that hasn't been a, a problem for me. Um, but I did, I, I don't, for some reason I like keeping track of my kratom date, but I didn't keep track so much of my alcohol date, but I got re-clean off alcohol like a month month maybe three weeks before i quit craving again okay so it's a couple years off the benzos maybe seven months off alcohol and six months free from kratom yeah Um, and i had i think i had um actually like that last time i quit alcohol i had only been drinking for like a couple weeks after like probably like a four month like sobriety streak my use is quite chaotic chaotic yeah. but the the kratom was always like i could never i could kick everything but i always needed like the baseline of kratom and honestly like thc i'd say that those two have always been there like the as far as my body the most destructive thing was definitely like uh my like i had so many gastrointestinal issues i was puking Every single day, it was, like, highly affecting even my work, like, to a point they didn't even believe I was, like, puking so much. Um, it really affected, like, my motivation, and mm-hmm. it, which is really ironic because that's, like, why I started taking it in the first place. Um, I, I can't remember if we were talking about this when we were recording or just chatting before we got started, but, um, like, it would it would turn on me. It would help me with all these things. And then after a few months of daily use, it would totally like rip the, all those things that helped me with away from me. Like couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. And did you feel like you spent too much money on Kratom? Way too much money. Like I, I actually wish I would have like, I know they have some calculators that you can like have on your phone that keep track of your spending, but like, because I, Kratom also made me, that it made me, like, really 
frazzled and tense and like mm-hmm. irritable and like I I already have the ADHD but it just made everything so like I couldn't I had no task management skills like everything was so like chaotic all the time because my brain wasn't handling my responsibilities properly so I'd always be like rushing around trying to get Kratom and I had mentioned like I tried to buy Kratom responsibly and like check out vendors and stuff but then like my use got so chaotic and I was taking so much I wasn't willing to wait in for like approved vendor not like vendors with labs and stuff to send me stuff I was like getting gas station Kratom and which is way more expensive, at least in my experience. Um, yeah. I feel like I get, there was times I was easily spending like 40 times, $40 a day on Kratom. Like, thankfully it's not as uh, expensive. The powder isn't quite as bad as like the shots can be, which is probably the only reason why I didn't go down the shot route because I just, I, I saw the price tag and I just never really tried them, but yeah. yeah. The, the last time in, um, when you quit Kratom, uh, what was the events that were happening that made you motivated and finally, I'm going to really do this? I feel like it seemed like I couldn't like be a pro- productive part of... I just felt so like... I think a lot of people talk about how it makes them feel so like isolated and alien and just like non-sociable like it was like i i've said that it doesn't have as bad as like social consequences dramatic social consequences as alcohol but it was like i like totally withdraw drew from everybody i was messing up at work constantly like my everything about my body was dysregulated i couldn't sleep right like i couldn't eat right i couldn't get to work on time. I was, I had no focus. I like, I was a delivery driver at the time. Like I was messing up deliveries constantly because of the brain fog. And I think like, especially like the money aspect was really breaking me too. Okay. I can't, I like trying to think about it. I don't really know. Like what, what really broke the camel's back? Cause I just, I, it happened so many times for so many different reasons, but I really think like my, the stomach stuff was so debilitating, not being yeah. able to function in society too, which is literally why I started taking in the first place, like to help <laughs> function in society. Yeah. Sucks. Um, before you went on the Suboxone, did you taper or did you go cold turkey? I went, uh, cold turkey. I tried, um, like, quit. You mentioned quitting Kratom, which is a great resource. Uh, they have like taper guides. I had tried those before, and I, something getting more. Like, I guess the same could be said with alcohol, but. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's because it's partly legal, it's everywhere, and it relatively affordable. So. Yeah. And, and like then, you can get little packets, just like some days I was like, like I was a delivery driver living on, like I had 
a little bit of a paycheck, but I was mostly living on tips. So I'd be like working a shift and like, sometimes I'd even like, as a driver, they'd give us a bank to start. They'd give us $20, which is supposed to be used for change. And yeah. I'd go straight to stop. I'm supposed to be taking the delivery. I'd be stopping to buy Kratom and, and putting that as a priority over work. And like, I had times where I'd like, not be able to pay back like I didn't make any money that day and I couldn't pay him back and thankfully they were like understanding but yeah yeah um how did the first month go um okay. I I noticed when I got on this box zone um if people don't want to think choose Matt and they don't think it's a valid recovery that's fine I they can do their thing but um, a lot of people seem to have this, like, impression that we're getting, like, super high and, like, partying it up on Suboxone. Like, the first few days I was on it with the combination. Oh, I remember what I, what I was going to say, say earlier. I had I had taken my last 10-gram uh, dose. I had, uh, when I started the Suboxone, I had taken, apparently you can have precipitated withdrawals, which me nor the doctor didn't know at the time because... Kratom is so questionable and the research, there's just not enough of it. Um, I had taken my 10 gram dose the more, like just a few hours before I started taking the Suboxone. So I had really gone like straight to, straight from my regular dosing to Suboxone. Cause I just like, I became like so cripplingly afraid of the withdrawals after trying to go through it so many times and having so many awful experiences. Like for me, it was, um, now that I've had some distance from it, like I remember the withdrawals more than the pain of the withdrawals more so than like the pain of like, like my stomach pain when I was, was actively using like I had a horrible restless leg I could never sleep and I was just in constant pain whenever I try to um get off of it and I was so scared to even like miss a single dose by the time I quit that's kind of why I like try I decided like I'm just gonna go straight for this box zone I took I just like took the jump and I was super disoriented back to my original point, back to my super original point. I, I was in no way like high, like I definitely felt like disoriented and, um, very sleepy. Like, but I went about my normal, like I kept going about my normal life just a little bit out of it. Um, and I think it makes sense to be a little disoriented and sleeping, going through two huge changes at once, both the withdrawal and introducing this new substance, like the underlying withdrawal. Um, it definitely like wasn't like a fun, like I'm sure it can't. I know that Suboxone has the potential to be euphoric and I'm sure some there, I know people have abused it and gotten a buzz off of it, um, in life, uh, but the at the dose they were taking the therapeutic dose, um, it it didn't it didn't feel like fun. Yet it 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 felt really the whole thing with the combination of going off and starting the new med was just uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable, but it was no way in even comparable to how terrible I felt 
like when I had tried to go through withdrawal, even with like assistance like gabapentin or clonidine. Okay. So it sounds like the reason you went with the suboxone route was because the, previously the withdrawals were just too yeah. hard. And then, then I hear you saying now that you're on the boxone, it's not getting you high. It's stabilizing you. Yes. And, and, and you're taking it as it's prescribed. Yes. I have never like, I know like suboxone doesn't work for everybody, but me personally, I have never once had the urge to abuse it one time. Like I benefit so well from like the accountability that I get from my outpatient treatment team. Um, and like for the first few months I was at, uh, in treatment, they don't, you dose daily. So you have like a nurse or like a doctor of some sort, some kind of medical professional watching you take your dose every day. And you're like getting to know these people and they care about your recovery. Like there's groups and all these things. And you're building these skills, like, in recovery while you're, like, kind of covering the addict part of your brain, That, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and then, I mean, one of the immediate harms that were reduced is you were not spending all this money on Kratom. Yes, absolutely. That was, yeah. And, it, like, I have seen there's... Like, I won't go down this whole rabbit hole, but I have seen there's some research that, like, Suboxone can help with, like, depression and stuff like that. And I feel like it has just helped with my, like, I don't know if it's just because I've dealt with so much, like, addiction and I've, I'm covering that part of my brain that I didn't even know was, like, possible for me on Suboxone. And it's actually helped me with all of my cravings, like, not just the, uh, Kratom, but also the benzos and suboxone. And honestly, like, sometimes I just have, like, urges to go out and be reckless. Like, I'm also bipolar. Like, I I don't have those, like, reckless urges anymore. I just feel so stable. Yeah, it sounds like it was stabilizing. I mean, I, I know that medicated assistant treatment is controversial inside both recovery circles and then outside world, you know, the pro kratom folks think that yeah. kratom should be what you should use to get off suboxone yeah and, then, and I think, honestly if they're doing that safely like and, and they're not falling down like another rabbit hole which i guess that's what they think i'm doing with suboxone anyway um that's like i i'm okay with that like i think it sucks that things get so divisive because really we could be kind of supporting each other like if you yeah. did, if you need to get off Suboxone with Kratom, amazing. You're choosing recovery. If you need to get off Kratom with Suboxone, amazing. I, I just look for it like everybody's recovery is basically. Yeah. I mean, it's even, even in the quitting Kratom world, it's controversial. You know, some people think it, it's too strong. Suboxone or any kind of medicated assistant treatment is too strong for yeah. a drug like Kratom, but I, I think there should be many paths. And, um, I mean, my opinion is it's kind of like a last resort and yeah, it's helpful. I absolutely agree. And, and it's helpful for some people and it's better than languishing on, um, Kratom or other drugs, you know, and it's a tool, you know? Yeah. 
I definitely don't think it's ever a decision that should be like taken lightly. Like, I think if you're going to do it, you should do just, I wish I had learned a lot more about Kratom getting on to it. And like, so I took it upon myself to learn what I was getting into this box. And like, you should, I really, and I feel like it's easier to learn like, the the research is more straight for this box now. That was also why I felt kind of more comfortable. Um, like it may be like sometimes people are like, what if the withdrawal's worth? It's a stronger drug. It's like it's more like beneficial for me because I know what I'm taking. I can get straightforward answers about what I'm experiencing taking the medication. A doctor is prescribing to it me to it. Moderate, moderate, moderating me. I'm really bad with that word. Um, keeping an eye on me and making sure I'm doing good. And my body has healed significantly since I've been on it. So I mean, it can't be that destructive to me, at least. Like I, I was 100 pounds now, I'm 140. I I really needed that. Yeah, that's, um, I usually make it a policy never to ask a woman what their weight is, but yeah, I'm, glad no, brought, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up because you look, you look like you're a healthy weight. Um, I've heard you say that you thought getting off Kratom was harder than other stuff. Yes. How, how, why was that? I like people have gotten really mad at me for saying that because like, of course, getting off alcohol and benzos, like the withdrawals, if you're not like, I know, like, you have to get, with alcohol, they had to give me anti-seizure medication, um, to make sure I didn't have a seizure and didn't, like, die. Um, that's really scary. Um, and that is serious, but I just feel like in the sense that freedom was so much harder for me to get off because not only was it, it wasn't, like, something I was really taking, like, party or anything like that like i was trying to function um the way that i consume like kratom socially was first of all nobody around me really knew what i was taking and it's not really something you take and anybody even really knows you're taking except you're like performing better everybody just thinks you're doing better for a little bit honestly like that's what my experience was like i was i was more functional for a little bit and doing that performing better at work and all this stuff um and it helped me with my social anxiety for a little bit too um before it started turning on me and isolating me and i like with i feel like with alcohol and benzos and like i don't know how to like what the word for it would be like these more like I don't want to say more intoxicating because kratom is definitely intoxicating but like you're not gonna like black out on kratom or anything like that yeah. you're not gonna get sloppy or you might get real wobbly and nauseous but I wouldn't say you're gonna get like sloppy um you can definitely get aggressive on kratom I will say that you know like for me alcohol kind of made me a jerk like I it would make me super emotional it would damage my relationships it would I would be super hungover and like for me personally if I drink alcohol it would have a 
quite an effect on me for several days after I drank. And since I'm an alcoholic, I would usually drink every day anyway. Um, the consequences just piled up a lot quicker. I think that's a good way to say it. And it made it more obvious yes. why you had to stop. Yeah, nobody um, in my life. My dad is still just now learning. Like, I'm super close with my dad. I've been, like, kind of trying to talk to him about this Kratom thing that's, like, for the last, like, few years. And he still is just now, like, kind of starting to grasp what it is. Because it's, like, most, like, people in your daily life probably haven't heard of it. Nobody I knew had heard of it until, like, I don't know if you experienced this where where you live, but in the last, like, couple of years, all these Kratom sold here signs have been popping up all over my city. Um, but before that, nobody knew about it. Um, and still, everybody's just thinks that, now everybody thinks it's just, like, some gas station, like, weird drug, but I knew about it before it was in gas stations around me, so... Yeah. It's... Yeah, people have an interesting perception. I will say appearing in gas stations have definitely kind of like changed people, given people a little bit more negative perception of it around me, but people just didn't care. And I did kind of, I just really, I made it out. I was in such denial. Like, I don't know if you know what straighted edges, but at a certain point in my recovery, I was identifying as straight edge, which is like, no, no tobacco, no substances, like taking really good care of your body and punk rock, all yeah. that stuff. Um, and I was so in denial about Kratom that I was telling myself like that it was just medicinal to me. And of course I was trying to use it like from some medicinal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Beyond your outpatient program, do you do anything else today to support your abstinence? I feel like, like, talking about my recovery online is a big support to my abstinence. I think you've mentioned that, like, you found a lot of accountability in, like, online Kratom communities, especially, like, Kratom, putting Kratom and, like, kind of talking about, like, the quick date and stuff. And I feel like speaking out about, speaking about Kratom and talking to other victims really helps support my recovery a ton. But I am, outp the outpatient is my major defense. I also like to like, I'm constantly listening to like addiction podcasts and like YouTube TED Talks and stuff like that. Okay. I've and also spent when things get really hard, if I'm having like a really bad day with any of my substance abuse problems, which thankfully haven't hasn't happened in a while, um, I'll like I'll go to a meeting or like jump in a zoom a zoom of an AA meeting, which one of those seems to be going on almost like constantly. And I've never talked to one of the online ones, but I've even found it's been therapeutic to me to just sit in and listen. Yeah, yeah I've, I've heard other people say that, too. And it, that is one of the benefits of the pandemic is now yeah. there, there's almost an online meeting. Um, yeah, I kind of like the online meeting because then, like, I like I do like talking about Kratom, like, and all that comes with it. But sometimes when I'm, like, trying to 
like if I went to a meeting, it's kind of like a lot to explain to people because even there, people don't know about it. Um, no. So just like listening in on other people, because like I personally feel like listening to like somebody else's story, despite like I, I've talked about how it has lower consequences, I can listen to somebody's story about serious substances and relate to it just as much when it comes to Kratom, you know what I mean? Not, not serious, like perceived these substances people perceive as like the big bad ones while they're thinking Kratom is just like natural and no, no harm done. Yeah. How is your life today Kratom free? So great. Like I'm still like, I'm still in my outpatient. It's been six months and nine days. I think I said it's been at least six months. Um, I'm, I've totally changed my career path. I'm doing something. I feel like I've found like, like in the six years I was on Kratom, I feel like I was just living life on autopilot and just like trying to get through each day. Like once it turned on me at least, and it really became like a problem. It was just like, it was just, just, striving for the next dose then trying to get through the day get to the next dose like a never-ending cycle um trying to get work and get money so i can support my habit like and now i actually well like in the chaos of all that and just like the chaos i lived through some things in my life in general i didn't even like consider i could really i was so focused on addiction and like these bad things i didn't even consider i could like have a purpose and in this six months i have like i feel like i found my purpose i found like my dream job i've always known i've wanted to work with animals but i ended up actually actually like pursuing it i'm working as an animal care tech at the shelter now i'm like work i never thought i could work a seven to four type job um like a more like typical schedule. I was always like a night worker because I could never, I could never keep a good schedule with everything. Like, I think I said, I can't remember if I said this with you earlier or in this podcast, but everything in my body, once Kratom turned with me, turned on me, was like dysfunctioning. My sleep, my eating, everything. Yeah. And it just made it hard to, focus on anything like to pursue anything other than just basic functioning um and now i like feel good i can work a physical like my job's pretty physical i i feel healthy i was exhausted and like felt weak constantly on kratom like it's um my mental health has stabilized quite a bit um I I don't I don't know if I should really go down the the mental health rabbit hole too much, but like during my use, my mental health stability was so all over the place. Mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with BPD. Um, I today I just got it, it, my psychiatrist who I've been working with the, the last year and who has seen me go through this process she has determined that she doesn't think i have bpd at all and that like a list of factors active addiction and my bipolar and adhd and like the situation i was in 
all affected my behavior. Like my, I was very emotionally unstable and I found so much stability. Um, And I just never really thought that was possible for me, honestly. Like I really, it felt like I was never going to get out out of that cycle. Um, Like I was listening to your podcast and it got me really thinking about like how it felt to be in the thick of it again. And it was just so miserable. Like I'm so grateful. Yeah. Chance to break out. Like I'm very grateful. Do you have cravings for Kratom or any other substances? I feel like, I feel like I have like more so cravings, like, the Suboxone, I was having bad cravings for a little bit, so I did actually have to up my Suboxone, like, two months ago. Um, but outside of that little period, I feel like Suboxone has really covered my cravings. But sometimes I do feel like I have this, like, not so much, like, a craving craving to, like, go to Kratom. Because, like, the idea of taking it is so gross to me now. Yeah. Um, but like, I do crave like those feelings. So like, yes. Um, I also, sometimes I crave like, like when it comes to like drugs and alcohol, like, like the benzos and alcohol. Um, I feel like it's like I crave, I wish I was like these normal people that don't have to think so consciously about substances. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could kind of just go out and get go go party at the bar and not have a million consequences and go on a bender for two weeks. Because if I drank, I know for sure like I would start taking Kratom because the alcohol is a depressant, it would bring me down, and then I'd start taking Kratom again to try and like bring myself up. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I know you're active on TikTok and you have a relatively large following. I think like 10,000 at least followers. Yeah. Um, And uh, part of what you do on TikTok is educate people about addiction and in particular about Kratom. Um, What has that experience been like? So I started with, I didn't start talking about Kratom, but I did kind of start talking about First, my, the first community I really engaged with was like this trauma talk community where people talk about healing from and like processing their childhood trauma or like if they've been in domestic abusive relationships, which are two things I've unfortunately experienced, which like addiction also like fueled at least like the domestic abusive relationships. Um, and honestly, my relationship with my mom, because we both suffered from addiction, um, so I had like engaged with this community to kind of share my story about that. I don't think I was quite like I had been sober before when I first started TikTok, but I like my first few TikToks, I'm pretty sure I was drunk making them. <laughs> um, and I like it kind of like gave me the, the balls to like start putting myself out there, I guess. Um, But then I just, like, it all just, I just, like, tumbled into just, like, I've always been a very open book, like, sharing myself with anybody. Um, 
I just started relating with all these people about like our trauma or our mental health issues, which is something else I talk about. Um, and the community just like kind of started growing. And then like not shortly after I decided to quit drinking. And at this point, I wasn't quite yet willing to, to acknowledge that Kratom was a problem, but I was like, I had been like trying, I'd try to get off it and then I'd go straight back into denial. Like I, I said, I had spent like two years getting on and off it, but I would have periods of going full back into denial because when I'd end up back on it, I'd get so defensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and like just cling to it for a little while. Um, so I, I hadn't really talked about it at all for a little while. Um, but then slowly, like, I, I was talking about alcohol recovery and benzo recovery. Um, and slowly, like, I got better about benzos. I got better with alcohol. I have little slips here and there, but I, I was getting better. The community was helping me a lot. Um, and then once, like, I mentioned already, like, I handled, like, I feel like alcohol and benzos were, like, these big, like, scary monsters. But, like, Kratom yeah. was more of, like, the guy, like, the serial killer that looks like a cool, normal guy. Like, more <laughs> more insidious. Like, you wouldn't expect, like, it creeped up, like, I don't know. That doesn't really make any sense. But um, I started talk- coming out about Kratom and talking about that. And once I got the alcohol and Benzos more under control, I was able to start confronting the Kratom. And I think, honestly, kind of talking about it on TikTok was one of the first things that kind of, like, I talk about it very, like, not really, like, trying to, like, advocate at first just like kind of trying to put feelers out to see how other people were dealing with it and stuff like that um and that like other people I found out other people were suffering as much as me um and then I started spending a lot more time like I think I knew quitting freedom exists but I wasn't very familiar with reddit um so I started spending more time on reddit and like diving in and really really learning um and then, yeah, like six months ago, actually, I almost forgot. I had documented a couple attempts of gabapentin-assisted recovery on Kratom and, like, documented that and got a ton of support from people, Um, way more support than what, like, people weren't mad in the way they were about me choosing to use Matt and Suboxone um, when I was using the gabapentin. I did get a couple like pro cranium people mad at me. Um, but when I finally decided the route, the route to go outpatient and I posted, it was literally right after I got out of like my first outpatient intake. I, and my, I had taken my first dose of Spoxone. I posted a video and I was like, POV, you've, had such a severe kratom addiction for the last years you finally have to go into outpatient therapy or outpatient treatment and start suboxone like something like it was like a corny post because i knew that that was shocking to i knew that would be kind of shocking to people i did not however expect how 
how much it would blow up. I think the video the video has like over two hundred thousand views. Oh wow! Uh, like it like blew up. I had so many kratom people mad at me. It was like two months straight of people yelling at me. Um, but I kind of use like because on TikTok you can like reply to people's comments with a video and like post that on your feed. But so I was kind of using these like. Because people were just so mad. They were kind of just saying anything. And just so I was able to like disprove a lot of these things. People were not nicely yelling at me and kind of put like a spotlight on how ridiculous they were being, not only in the sense of like, like the Kratom community, um, not only in the sense of bullying people who are trying to share their story, um, but also just like refusing to acknowledge any of the problems. Like, like I said, like, why can we acknowledge that literally every medication in the world has like a pamphlet of side effects, any drug, any medication, but nobody will let us talk about anything that comes with Kratom. And I think it's like, and so when you're promoting a drug and being dishonest, like, I feel like you're, like, almost, like, taking away somebody's right to, like, of course they could research themselves, but you're, like, taking away their ability, like, to properly consent to what they're taking in a way. Like, it's just messed up to me. Especially when it's big sources, like, with big names, like the American Kratom Association, silencing people, pushing a, a certain kind of... It's it's safe because it's related to the coffee plant type of rhetoric. Exactly, yeah. Um, let's see. What is your best advice for someone that's getting ready to quit Kratom? I would say definitely my number one piece of advice is to start seeking community. Because there's like so many different routes to take recovery and it, it might take a little while to figure out which one's the right one for you um and i think really having that community to support you while you go through that is like so important um i definitely recommend doing a lot of research and looking at the research because i really recommend looking at the research that scares you like because for a long time i just like wouldn't let myself look because i was too scared to acknowledge what I was doing in my body like I avoided telling the doctor like I was like lying to my doctor the rare time I did go to the doctor because I just did not want to confront what was happening to me um yeah yeah. I agree with you trying to do it alone doesn't work so trying to find some kind of recovery tribe yeah Um, and it sounds like you found that a little bit online through TikTok yes I kind of like in a way like, there has been some, I, I really like putting Kratom, but like, they can be a little rejecting of Matt. At least I think they have a extension sub where you can talk about Matt or maybe, I, maybe they don't actually. I don't know. Um, they might just direct people to talk about it, uh, Suboxo on the Suboxo Reddit. Um, but I still really support what they've got going on there. So I, I kind of like, I loved what I, that, feeling of community but like going to tiktok and talking about my story i could find kind of find people that under i could really 
talk about what I was going through directly, which was not only really therapeutic to me, but it turned out to be therapeutic to some other people who were experiencing the same thing. Do you have go-to music when you're having a bad day? So I definitely, like, I, I've always said that I have the heart, like, going through, I'd say, in recovery, like mental health, any type of stuff like that, meditation is always really heavily uh, recommended. And I've just, the type of brain I have, I'm sure it might be noticeable from this interview, I've got a little bit of a chaotic brain. And I just couldn't, my, I could never grasp, like, simple meditation. Yeah. Um, and for me, like, I've really found that my meditation is, like, especially being in my car, windows down, blaring, loud, like, aggressive, fast-paced music. Like, whether it's, like, rap, like, some aggressive style rap, or, like, punk rock, hard rock music, like, fast beat, like, really feel the pulse and the beat, and feel it running through me it really helps release like all the tensions of recovery yeah yeah in general Um, okay one last question um is there anything else you would like to add before we wrap things up um hmm i feel like just i can't emphasize enough like to see community um don't let anybody silence you or make trick you into thinking that you are alone in this kratom struggle that you're wrong that you're what you're feeling is valid your addiction is valid how you choose to recover is valid and we're all just trying to get better and live a healthier life and we should all support each other now yes that's a very positive note and i totally agree with that so thanks a lot izzy thank you so much Hello. Uh, today's Kratom in the Headlines is from Filter Mag. It's a first-person account from Morgan Godman, published June 23, 2022. It's entitled, Quitting Kratom Reminding Me How Little Drugs Have to Do with Addiction. And I selected this piece because, uh, Jay, if you're still listening, I want to encourage you to stop doom scrolling reddit yeah this article explores the mindset behind kratom quitting Um, the author had to travel internationally and also wanted to get off the kratom and uh, she documents her experience and one of the first things she says is the absolutist portrayals on both ends of the spectrum are frustrating so she explores about how on uh, the quitting Kratom subreddit, there's a lot of horror stories. There's maybe some exaggeration we tend to do. And I think there's some truth to that. The actual withdrawals from Kratom, uh, the fear of them often are wor- worse than the actual experience. I mean, don't get me wrong and don't let anybody minimize how painful it is. I didn't sleep for four or five nights and... I, my stomach and my gastrointestinal system was just 
in on fire for a couple of weeks. And I was pretty depressed for a month or so. But she also talked on the procratum side of things. It's all rainbows and ponies. And, uh, and it's probably somewhere in the middle. I don't think she said drugs are not good or bad. It is our relationships to them, influenced by many outside variables that form the crux of our subjective experiences. I often now think that when it comes to Kratom, as many things in life, we're living in the matrix. (laughs) You know, some of us, when we take Kratom, we don't get any effect and we think it's like uh, BS. Some of us think it's a miracle drug and it's life-saving. And I believe those people, they have positive experiences and they don't have tolerance and addiction to it and get cravings and major physical dependency. And then there's others of us that have a real adverse experience where it does become a little bit of a nightmare and we get stuck in it. And, you know, sometimes I wonder if that's just some of the framing that each of us do and the way we identify with the experience, you know, but I also think there is physiology, you know, and it's not just psychological. I think there's some real physiological differences to the way we react to the substance. She ends in and throughout the article, uh, she takes a couple swipes at the 12 steps and that's not the, the focus of her writing. But one thing at one point she says, telling people they're powerless over a drug, it carries the severe risk of making them believe it. I do come out of AA. In particular, I've heard women over the years say that the 12 steps are really disempowering. And the idea that they have to make a list of all their wrongs and then they need to apologize for being asked to do that their entire lives. And then when they go to meetings, it's a lot of men, you know, and if you shop around, you can find women only meetings. And I know plenty of women that have had a very positive experience with the 12 steps. But that's not the point of the article. It, the, mo- the main point is quitting a drug has a lot to do with mindset. And at first, when we're abstaining, we sort of, it's all about the substance. But after we walk away from it and have are farther away from consuming it, it becomes less and less about the drug and more and more about us. All right. The resource of the week is actually another podcast. They made an appearance on the Recovery in the Middle Ages podcast. And this is hosted by Nat and Mike. And they're Gen Xers and they're juggling staying sober and clean from drugs with their careers, with their families, and with the things that happen while you're in your 40s, 50s, and 60s. And uh, on the interview this week, I talked about my life story, my recovery journey, and some of my struggles with other substances, including getting hooked on Kratom and that sort of the impetus of starting this podcast. So if you want another 50 minutes of me talking with some Kratom-specific content, I'll put a link in the show notes. And they also did a special on Kratom about two years ago, where they talked with Bianca and Jeff, who had a negative experience with Kratom. And that was my first kind of time where I was exposed to like, wow, this is not all positive stuff. 
these two folks actually worked in the creative retail business and they found themselves physically dependent on it and struggled to get off of kind of a early exploration of uh, the problem. One of my first encounters with it. So I will also share that episode. A review this week and I appreciate it. It's five stars (laughs) and it's from Fun Harry Balls, June 2nd, 2023, and it's entitled Mental Obsession Kratom. Uh, Quote, this drug is absolutely addictive to those of us who have this compulsive behavior that drives us to continue to take Kratom, even knowingly that it's killing us mentally, physically, and spiritually. We need a podcast like this because although Kratom has been around since the 1990s, the awareness has not been there, especially in the medical field. It's only been recently that hospitals are now offering detox from Kratom. Thanks for the review. And that brings us to the conclusion of this episode. I appreciate you listening to get a celebration of a Kratom anniversary on air in the future. Or if you want to share a a voicemail or an email for a future show, please call 313-437-7720. Or uh, contact us at kratomsobriety at gmail.com. We are also at Kratom Sobriety on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. I did change the title of the podcast to Kratom Addiction. Uh, it's still officially Kratom Sobriety. So if you have trouble finding me, please let me know if, there, if it screws up your um, Alexa command. <laughs> you know. Until next week, keep it Kratom free. Mm-hmm.